Blog Talk Radio. Violent 
Act law aimed at preteen youth. Yes, a violent act law aimed at preteen youth. And, you know, Justice is going to um, get into this. We're going to let Justice come on in, and he's going to tell you about what this topic is about. He's going to reintroduce his topic of conversation, what he brought on last Friday, I mean last Thursday. And check it out, y'all, too, as well. Uh, I was shocked. I ain't going to go into it, y'all, but I'm going to say I was shocked because, you know, Justice, he's a, uh, a, a, a one of the, the a panels on the another show with a guy who hosts a show called Moon Man on on Saturday nights. And I, and I was joking with Justice. I said, man, Moon Man, was, I, but I actually thought he would have. I, you know, it fooled me. Uh, I thought Moon Man was going to be all over Justice and said, man, that's a crazy damn idea what you got. And. What do y'all just y'all gonna hear it when Justin come in? He gonna tell y'all what he said. I just knew Moon Man and them they was gonna be nah, just that's crazy as hell. No, nah, we don't need to do that. But y'all, I was fooled, and not just by Moon Man, but several other people I have talked to here in Memphis, they're somewhat in agreement with Justice, y'all. Damn, y'all, our youth. Boy, y'all, like the JD said, y'all in trouble. We, I had one sister on the show, uh, not on, you know, not by. She, she agreed with what I was saying. Yeah, she agreed with what I was saying. But y'all want to hear this one, y'all? Y'all got to hear this one tonight, man. We, we gonna get into it. Let's dive. Get ready to dive into it. We're gonna bring Justice on in here so he can go ahead and give us those Black History facts and uh, a moment in Black History. And he wanna go ahead and tell y'all what this topic of conversation. This is. He has he has a proposal, mm, a law proposal. He's gonna tell y'all about it. Wait till y'all hear it. All right, let's get into this one right here tonight, right here on Country Freedom Radio Network. Man, I don't know y'all. Let's get into it. Let's get Peace, brother Justin. Peace. Go ahead, do your thing, brother. A Black History moment. On this date, or close to, in 1914, Ralph Waldo Ellison, author of the award-winning Invisible Man, is born in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. In 1934, Bobby Wright, who was a black scholar who analyzed white violent behavior towards blacks. In 1867, Howard University was founded in Washington, D.C. Born in 1947, Mark Dean, an inventor, and computer engineer who helped design and develop computer processor chips. In 1955, Claudette Coleman refused to give up her seat on a bus in Montgomery, Alabama, nine months before Rosa Parks' arrest for the same action sparked the Montgomery bus boycott. In 1821, Thomas L. Jennings is the first African-American to be granted a patent in the United States for his technique to dry scour clothes. In 1932, Zinzi Myra Makiba, Empress of African Song, is born. In 1770, Crispus Attucks is killed in the Boston massacring the start of the American Revolution. In 1857, U.S. Supreme Court rules against citizenship for African Americans in the Dred Scott decision. Finally, in 1539, Estevanico or Esteban de Dorentes, native of Azamor, Morocco, sets out to explore what is now the southwestern United States, and that was a black history moment. <laughs> 
on Culture Freedom Radio. That's what I'm talking about. All right, right, my brother, Justice, you can uh, walk us into your proposal, my brother. You can walk us into and remind us about that topic of conversation you had when we was somewhat ending on Thursday, if you don't mind, my brother. All right. I want to bring people up to date on the current times that we are living in with the youth creating and committing terrible acts of violence, terrible acts of crimes and being lawless and recognizing on their own behalf that there's not much that's going to be done to them if they do something because they realize that they're young, they're juveniles, they're going to get treated in such that behavior or in that manner as a juvenile. So they recognize that, you know, they really don't really punish us. So we can do anything we want to do. So you see today where if you turn on the news every day, no matter what city you're in, it's always teens who are carjacking, teens who are shooting each other, shooting at each other, teens killing each other. Teens are leading the way. They 15, they 16, they 17. Their lowest 13 and 12 have been caught with guns and involved hanging out with older teens who have guns and shooting people and committing acts of violence like carjackings and things like that. So my proposal that I'm throwing out into the atmosphere is that we need to enact a measure of a harsh penalty for children who commit violent acts of crime. So my my uh, resolution here is to make it a penalty of a life sentence for any child from the age of 10 on up that shoots and kills anybody with any kind of gun whatsoever should get life in jail. Now, you may say life in jail is, in my state, 25 years. I say, well, okay, fine. If you say life in your state's 40 years, I say fine to that. If you say life in jail is 50 years, I say cool to that too for a 10-year-old or 15-year-old who kills somebody. Now, if they kill two people, they should be held accountable for those two people they killed if they was 14 or 15. They shot and killed two other teenagers was around their age or older or whoever, how old someone was. However old they were and how many people that 10-year-old shot and killed, he should get double life, triple life, quadruple life for every person that he killed. That's my uh, measure of having some type of reform in our country where children know that there's some repercussions for their actions, that they won't be able to think in their head that, okay, if I do get caught, then being though I'm only 14, 
I'm going to go through the juvenile system, and I'll probably get out in my 20s, my early 20s, and I'll be cool. And for them, that ain't nothing but that's like doing time standing on your head for them because they're young. They got all the, uh, uh, what do you call it, puberty kicking in and all this here, these hormones raging through them and everything. So, yeah, you know, at that time of their life, they can do that standing on their head. So if you have a harsher crime, a harsher penalty for a child, 11, 12 years old, kill somebody, they know that if they kill somebody that they can get life in jail, that will make them think twice or three times before they do that now because now they realize, oh, yeah, you know what, they really not playing. They put Johnny in jail last week because he, he killed Ron. And so he was only 13, and they said they treat him like an adult, and they don't care no more. Like, if you 10, 11, you, you want to commit crimes like adults, then you're going to get treated like an adult. There's no more of this smacking you in the hand stuff. Ain't no more of this giving you just eight years or something and say, okay, we're going to give you a second chance. Meanwhile, the person you kill don't have an opportunity for a second chance. So, yeah, we need to put this out in the atmosphere to at least consider harsh penalties, life in jail for a child 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, who kills somebody, they deserve life in jail. If it's if life is 35 or 40 years, then give them that. If life is life, <clears throat> I don't necessarily say that they can't be reformed at some point. So if the boy was 12 and he killed somebody when he was 12 and they put him in jail for life and say life is 25 years in your state and he's up for parole or something. I'm going to say don't let him out yet. That's me. Now, that's my opinion. But, you know, they may say, okay, he served enough time. But I'm saying he haven't because if he was 12 and he only served 25 years, it make him 37 years old. He's still real young. He still could go out there and have the same kind of flashback or, he, you know, jail might have made him still, like, maybe even more angry or something, go out and kill somebody else. So he's not ready to come home yet, in my opinion. If he just served 25 years and he's 37 and he killed a boy when he was 12, no. He shouldn't get out until he's 52. Because that's, that's my uh, uh, about 40 years for him right there, for a 12-year-old. That should get about 40 years, okay? And then that way, he's 52. Now he is less likely to go out and kill somebody because he's an older gentleman. He's learned a lot more being incarcerated for 40 years. That's a That's a... That's enough time to reform your life and get your mind straight and and you come out and you have some education up behind bars that you got and you, you find some work on the, the, you know, employment or you do something, write a book, do something, you get some money in your pocket. But until then, you serve your time for committing that crime and killing somebody, 
because I remember you, thou shall not kill. You're not supposed to kill people. And no 10-year-old should be anywhere near a gun, an 11-year-old. What are you doing with a gun? What are you doing? It's a legal gun. It's friend gate to What are you doing? No. If you don't train your child up by the time he's 10 years old, he should not be bothered being, it have nothing to do with a gun. He should be getting his education. He should be involved in his church or his sports programs or some some kind of thing to keep him away from the streets and stuff. So that's what that's that's really what I was saying, uh, you know. And then what happened on the show was something different, which I was really shocked too when I pitched that out, and Moon Man agreed and went harder. Moon Man was talking about some, yeah, no matter whatever crime the child do, throw the book at him. And I was like, uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said if a child kills somebody with a gun. He should get life in jail. Moon Man said, no matter what crime they did, if they hit somebody over the head or if they rob and steal something, he should throw the book at them. So I didn't agree with that so much. But, you know, hey, he went harder than me, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He surely did. He went, he went super hard. <laughs> Damn. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, this is like this. Y'all heard it. This is this is a tough one, man. And and I, I, I'm saying that I, I, you know, because I've been hearing this this frust. I guess it's frustration from a lot of the elders, man. That's been kind of somewhat saying what Justice is saying, but they just like, yeah, man. And I had a a, a, a brother that I know. Uh, he used to work for the uh, juvenile court, and he said that the same thing. He's like, yeah, man, you need to do something. He said, because they already know, man. They're going to get out. He's like, they just tell me, oh, man, I'm going to, bro, I ain't going to do nothing about, about you know, uh, six months or whatever. But I'm getting, I'm going to get right on out. So he's like, man, they, they, they know it, bro. Um, and, oh, man, this is kind of, I'm trying to see how to even deal with this subject. And even with, with, with what we're saying now, uh, Justin, I think, it goes like this. I may be wrong. Y'all can research this, but I think it is like, I know in Tennessee, I'm just say Tennessee. And when we're saying uh, life, I think it may be life, but I think they saying, cause I, I remember how they say uh, life with parole and life without parole. Now I think life with parole would be, uh, I should look it up right fast, but 25 years after damn near 25 years, you're eligible for parole at a certain time. And now some people, and then you got to be on parole for the rest of your damn life. So I think that's how that works. So when they said life, I think life is life. <laughs> uh, like I said, it just depends on if they sentence you life with parole or life without parole. So you get life with parole, you are eligible to get out. But it's going to take, it, it depends on the state, if it's 5, 40, 50. So it depends on if it's going to uh, parole is with it. Um, and even, even making that with that justice. Now that's, you would even have to change some sentencing on adults as well then, because here's why I say that. Some people, I don't know if you ever heard this, like they say, hell, you don't get that much. You don't get like much time. If you, you know, we don't get that much time for killing another black man or a black woman because a lot of times in certain situations, they would charge them with 
Well, they may charge them with like second degree murder and it can get broken down. Now you're charged. You can be charged with first degree, second degree, but there's always a, sometime a plea bargaining and a negotiation where the charge can be lessened. Even though you might get like you get second degree murder, right? It can be brought down to a lesser charge, which is manslaughter and or involuntary manslaughter. And you can get six damn years for that. Even though you murdered somebody, but you can get, I know, I'm just saying in Tennessee, you can get probably six years, and you probably can do two, two years, and you're out of there. So if we just start saying make it mandatory, like you're saying a child that's 10 and he murders somebody with a gun, and it's automatic in life with them, you will be a, you will be harsher on them than you would with the adult. If they make a law that's like that, they'll be letting some of these damn adults off because they can get six, they can get manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, and be getting out in two years because they only get six years. But the ch- the child will get life. Well, I don't know if it's with parole or without, without parole. It depends on the judge. Right. And. I'm, 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 you, you know, my stance, I'm somewhat, well, I would say I can't be somewhat, I'm kind of against, I would say, yes, I'm against that on, and there's several levels to that. Why? I'm, I'm, I'm told, I'm kind of against it because here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. Cause I, I cause I, this is, this is a community thing. And, 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 and now I think that I look at it. We have allowed these things to happen as a community of people, so-called black community or black Americans, whatever we want to be labeled. We have allowed these things to happen. We have turned so much of a blind eye to so much. And now that our children are the way that they are, because we have, we failed them. I ain't gonna lie. I've, I've been thinking about this as we were getting ready to do this thing. We we have as a, I'm just saying as a collective. I'm just putting us in. Not all of us, y'all know, not everybody. But I'm just gonna throw this in here. We as a collective, as a community of people in America, blacks in America, we have failed our children. We truly have. We have failed our children. And now that we as adults, elders, and stuff of this nature, we have failed our children. And we have allowed them to become the way they that, that the way that they have became. Now we want to throw them away and lock them up like monsters. We have allowed them to become the this in this beast. The, I'm, I'm not really calling our children beasts, but you're the metaphorically speaking, symbolically speaking, become the monsters as some of us think that they are. Now we want to just throw them in a cage like they're beasts and like they're wild animals. But we allow this to happen. This is why I said I used to always say that we gotta we gotta stop making excuses of bad behavior. We allowed these type of things to get the way that it that it did, and now that it's so out of damn control, now something gotta happen. But we should have had preventive measures in place, and we should have been doing it doing something before it even got to this magnitude. And I'm gonna tell you so that see, there there is a our children are truly under attack by the adversary. Now, I ain't talking about no damn devil or none of that. I'm just using this word adversary. And I ain't just saying necessarily the white man. We even call it whatever. Our children are under attack, been under attack from the adversary. The enemy has always been at our children. And even if you go back to 
ancient days where they used to sacrifice our children. They always went after the innocence of the children. And even so today with what's going on, they are trying to destroy our children, adversary trying to get our children. Here's in this city about a year ago, um, maybe I think it might have been last year, a year, year ago or a year or two years ago. No, it's been too long. But anyway, our children was under attack in this city. Y'all probably heard me talk about this, how every day we turned on the news where there was a shooting, our children were getting shot. Our children were getting either they were shot or murdered by the hands of an adult in this city by a gun, in this city by a gun. Now that these, now the tables have turned, not now it's just not the adult. I hadn't even heard about it anymore about these adults shooting the children no more. Now it's about more about these children out here shooting people. Now they are teenagers. They are doing it. But, but before that though, it was adults that was doing this to our children. So we see a lot of this behavior that these young children are watching. So-called elders or older people and mimicking shit they doing. Or, and a lot of things we see that they're doing, we just don't say nothing to them no more. We have let this shit got out of control. Number one is, I was talking to a brother earlier, how he was saying uh, um, even spanking your child, discipline your child. We have let a lot of this shit get out of control. That's why I say we have failed our children. And now that they are, and I, I hate to see it too. And that's why I say, you know, when they when they bust my window, I told you, I, my, my car got, they bust my window. Hell, what, a week ago. I didn't get mad. I didn't get mad at all. I didn't, not at all. I didn't get pissed off. I didn't get mad. I mean, because like I said, I, I was doing the same ignorant shit back in the days myself. I had a job. It wasn't like, you know what he's saying? These two, they just, they just trying to provide for, I had a job. I was working a full-time damn job. And I was still out here stealing folks shit. And excuse my friend, let me slow down tonight. I ain't going to do all the profanity. I still was out here stealing folks stuff. I had a job. I had no damn reason. I didn't want for nothing. I had a job. I had my own, and I had my own. Here's a trip part too, brothers and sisters. I had my own vehicle. I had my own vehicle, but I still was going out here stealing folks, other folks stuff. Messing with other folks stuff. Didn't have no business. Just ignorant. Just just ignorant. Doing ignorant stuff, you know? But it's it's a lot that we have to do. I think that we should have preventive measures to try to save our children because, again, and we talked about last week, brother, we talked about, um, as I said, sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on this, but I really just Really, really, really thinking about it. I'm not saying it's not a bad thing about a two-parent household, but if sometimes there's parents in the house, but if that parent is ignorant as hell, they don't know nothing. They dumb as hell. They're not training a child up, as we say, as we read in uh, the scriptures where it says in Proverbs, raise, uh, raise up a child in, in the way that they should go. But if you're not raising the child, you're not rearing them, you're not giving them information Hey, man, what you, what you think going to happen? Society going to really tell them, and they're going to look at and mimic things that they see happening in society, what they see on television and elsewhere. So this thing is bigger than what we are just looking at it, and, and some people are just screaming that blood and murder, that we need to just lock their asses up. It's, it's deeper than that. We need, some, we need to really get into the mind and try to help these children. More than just locking them up, because locking them up ain't gonna do shit. Because you know what's gonna happen, brother? This happens all the time. 
as, as brother was saying on the show the other day on another show, and I'm going to let you get back in. A lot of them, and, I, and I've seen this from adults when I was incarcerated. A lot of brothers just get in there, and they might have five, six years, whatever, right? And they be talking to other criminals about their crime. And, well, see, bro, how, how you got caught? See, you messed up, bro. You did this. They talking about their crime and talking about how they got messed up. But, see, next time, bro, shit, if I ever do it again, see, I'm going to do it this way this time. Not everybody's in there because um, the jails are not really rehabilitating nobody. See, it was, I was blessed on my last go-round that I, I ran into brothers, elders in there. Um, he wasn't in the nation, but uh, the brother who studied the nation, two brothers who studied the nation, even one of the correction officers, he was in the nation that was talking to me and, you know, and, and, and gave me some wisdom. I didn't get that wisdom like the day was giving me on the street. And, and so, you know, even when I got out, I had a life changing situation. You know, I, I changed my life and even my, even my grandmother, I told y'all this several times, even my grandmother seen that. Right. And, and my uncle, you know, he was wilding. <laughs> See, I'm seeing this the stuff of my uncles and all them stuff. They was out there wilding out and doing all this stuff. And here I come, same thing, doing the same old thing behind them, kicking it with my uncle, drinking with my uncle, getting high with my uncle, smoking weed, all that old dumb shit with them, right? That's my uncle, right? Now, you would think, and here's the problem again. So even sometimes we say that and going into this, sometimes we say there's a, not a father or a man in a, a father or a man in a household. Still, again, we neglect it because still, again, even if the father's not there, sometimes the mother get in a relationship with another man. Is he not, okay, is he, shouldn't he not try to help rear, if he going to be with the mother, right? But he become the stepdaddy or whatever, or trying to maybe potentially be the stepdaddy. She, he knows that she still has a child or children. Should he still try to give those children some guidance? I think he should. He still have uncles. He still have somebody else that should step up, even if the dad not there. You still got uncles. Now, but see, again, those uncles and everybody else has to have some goddamn intelligence, some know-how, too. They had to See, this is the problem. Nobody who 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 the hell got some wisdom to, to try to try to guide or even want to spend the time to try to guide these children. You know, you you had them all badass years. You take care of them. You raise them. You know, and 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 sometimes you know these young like we know we had young women that have children. Young, they don't know shit themselves, and they having babies. So how they they you know they ain't got the proper guiding. So how are they gonna guide uh, um, give these children some guidance and they don't have it. So it's a lot goes into this while we're seeing what we're seeing, brother. And, and so I don't think the answer is just because he got a gun and they murdered somebody. We need to get into why this child became, if he is a violent, and I'm going to shut up and go to, okay, here's something right fast. Yummy. You remember Yummy, the young brother that was in Chicago? People should, that young brother, I forgot how old Yummy was. And big up to Chicago, man. Big up to y'all who got that wicked witch out of school, that wicked witch of Chicago. Y'all got her ass out of the office. I don't even live in Chicago. God damn it, but I'm glad y'all got her ass out of there. Ooh, man, I'm glad. I agree. Let me get y'all a round of applause, Chicago. Yeah, y'all got her ass out of there. Yes, sir. Y'all got her ass out of there. Yes, sir. Here you go, yeah. Ain't nothing but the devil. 
that's all she was. That's all she was. She was nothing but the goddamn devil. So big up to y'all, Chicago. But yeah, young, young, uh, yummy. Everybody, y'all know they was talking about yummy. This young. nobody tried to intervene and save that young. Did anybody try to intervene and save that young brother? Anybody try to intervene? Or did anybody? Oh, they were scared of him, man. Yummy, man. He go yummy, man. That young brother. Nobody tried to intervene and, and try to correct that brother's behavior. So this is what we see. And I'm going to let Jessica come in, and I'll come back a little later. But I think what we're heading to, and what's her name? What's that, what's that sister name, uh, Brother Joseph? I said, I said she's thinking just like me. Uh, Lady Lady B, what was it? Lady, Lady C. Who? Lady, Lady C. C. She said something, and I got to pull up, but I'm going to let you go ahead. And she, and she said something, Brother, that we really need to take a pay, uh, pay attention and look at. That, that 1994... Crime bill. Crime bill. But Miss Patricia called in, and she's the one that agreed with you. And I was thinking of you when she was speaking, because she mentioned about the crime bill and how that devastated our communities and stuff. And so, you know, but you know, I understand. Uh, all I thought of it was that. one of the ladies. I'm gonna let you go here. I thought it was one of the ladies that was a co-host. I thought she was one of the ones that disagreed with Coke. That was somebody calling. Well, she, I thought that was ladies. Yeah, Lady C was. Um, kind of like neutral but miss patricia calls in every week and she agree with what you're saying which is she's the one who brought up about the crime bill how that affected us when you know that was put in place in 93 so i'm not there with that because i know that that crime bill was a wrong bill at that time it wasn't even something that was you can even get the right kind of data to prove that crime was so bad and it was so like you needed all these extra cops and you needed to do a three strikes on people because they were stealing trying to survive and stuff like that wasn't the right kind of a, of a bill for the time now for right now we living in a way different time you remember movies when we was in the 80s and they were talking about the future and how unruly children would be in the high schools in the year 2000 and they were showing movies how people were going to stop were going to become more law lawbreakers and become more rebellious as you know we go forward into the future so as we are way ahead of that now and you can see how every time something is done is a fear thing that's thrown out there to, to take away more of your rights. So now you, you know, your rights have been so much infringed on and trampled over that you hardly have any rights anymore. So talk about this is a free country and you have freedom of speech. Well, not anymore. So the more and more and the further and further away or ahead in the future we go, we're losing more and more of our rights. So when it comes to the crime bill, that was something that I didn't think was cool. But right now I'm not talking about a crime bill. I'm talking about a a preteen act to try to deter these children because it says preteen. So preteen means before they become teenagers. This is the idea. 
is to catch them early and put into their minds that if you do something heinous to someone else, you don't have the right to do that. And if you do, you will be held extremely accountable for your actions. Now, we have these children that have been sitting home with their parents and people around them that have been adults because they were being homeschooled for the COVID, for the COVID. And so sitting around adults for two years, a lot of children right now, they're more mature than they've been in a very long time. A lot of children really think on an adult level when they're very, very young because they've been hanging around their parents. Their parents weren't going to work and they were homeschooling them and everything. And so they're spending all this time that they never spent with their children before. And their children are picking up on the adult ways and they become more mature to the point where they think in an adult, almost on adult level. So children today, if they're 10 or 12, they really have an advanced way of thinking, maybe like into their 16 or 17 years old. And if they're 15 or 16 or 17, they definitely get in an advanced way to where they think that the movies that they watch, they can imitate that and get away with crimes that they can commit from what they watched on TV or watched in a movie that they go out and try to imitate that crime and then everyone is finding it trendy to do it. And so you get a lot of people who realize that, okay, the way to get away with this is to put on gloves, put on masks, put on scully, put on the black clothes, put, you know, everybody dressed the same. Now it's harder for everybody to get caught doing everything we're going to be doing. So we need to put in a place, so, uh, you know, a harsh penalty that by the time, a 10-year-old reaches 13 years old, he realizes and knows that, hey, look, I'm 13. I should be just putting my head down in the books trying to get my education versus trying to go out in the street and learn about guns and violence and how to commit crimes. I should be doing what children should be doing, which is being children and getting their education. And that's it. And so anything other than that for a child is not the correct thing for a child. So that's why I say if a child knows he's going to get penalized by losing his right to walk around and have freedom and be in jail for life, then he will not do anything. He won't even – he'll his whole, his whole attitude is going to change at that point. Like, you know, I'm not even going to get myself even close to a situation that's going to lead me to have to shoot and kill somebody. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go sign up for football. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go enroll in a bowling league. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get on a baseball team. What I'm going to do is I'm going to join the Boy Scouts. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to, you know, get involved in some school activities or some after-school activities. That's what I'm going to do, you know, instead of go find my boys in the hood and go stand on the corner and come up with some master plans of how we're going to rob and steal and kill and and, you know, and, and carjack. So, yeah, we got to get the attitudes to change. And the way to do that is if they know they're going to lose their freedom and it's real, 
then they will stop doing all this. Because that's the only way to counter this with these movies. These movies really are penetrating the minds of these children along with their drill music, which which is the co-signer of their whole operation of way they think. That drill music, if you listen to some of it, it is some, it, it, it's some horrible stuff. It's the worst rap form of music ever created. This one right here, drill music. It's the worst because all it all it all it does is validate ignorance and violence and and self destruction and self destructive behavior. That's what that music is all about, and it's the most it's the worst. It's the worst. Um, something you said that I was just thinking. You know, we are putting so much expectations on our children that we're not, and then we're not putting the same expectations on these so-called regular-ass grown adults, right? And what I'm, what I mean by that is we're saying, well, they're mature enough. They're, they, they know what they're doing. Well, and if we put these penalties or put these laws out there to scare them and maybe they might make them straight, you know what? They got these same death penalty laws. They got life and sentencing laws on the books and for grown-ups. And we still see that grown people, adults now, are still don't give a damn, still out here doing a lot of bullshiggity. So if it ain't scaring them, if it's not scaring them, and they're supposed to know better, have a little more intelligence and more know-how, and then they'll be more mature than these children, and that ain't stopping them. I don't think we're going to scare the hell out of the children enough either. Because like you said, like the brother said, they're going to figure it well <laughs> You know, I, I don't know, man. It's just we're putting so much weight on that, you know, with that right there, um, to do this to our children. I agree that something has to be done. You know, we just can't spank them on the hand if you know they they murder somebody. But at the same time, they're saying we need to lock them up for life, just as a first time offender. Is that there's a situation? Okay, here's the situation. It's the one a child. There is a child. The devil's got a hold to a gun, they was playing around with a gun, you know, and they shot another child, accident. So that means that child had a gun. Under that law, he would go to jail for life just because they had an accident. They had a gun and they was, you know, had it looking around with it, playing with it with another somebody, and that gun went off and he shot and killed another child. That child would get life. Even though they they didn't mean to, they just got a hold of daddy gun, mama gun, and, and the gun went off. Some people like to put they put bullets in the chamber. Have, like they say, one in the head, dog, which I disagree with that. I would not do it. Put one in the head, and it's a nine millimeter, and they get that gun, and that child grab it, and they drop the motherfucker, boom, and the gun goes out, boom, and shoots another child. That's life in prison. Accident. They don't want to hear that shit. Well, it was an accident. No, you had a gun. Under the new sentencing law, you get life. We don't want to hit it. I, I had a, oh. I have a friend. Is someone else on the line? No, 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 no. I have this friend, and well, he he has a three year old son and a two year old son. So the three-year-old son, 
Now, he went up there in the closet there and found a gun and picked it up and shot himself with it. My friend, when the cops came and that, he he said he, he made up something. He said somebody was trying to break in and it was a breaking and entering and everything was going on here. Okay. So the cops didn't believe his story. And he ended up getting taken away and the child's dead. And the whole house is shut down now, of course. And that he was packing and his and his son found his, his gun and shot himself and that he lied about what happened and but if he would have told the truth then he may not have been facing the same amount of time that he may be facing now. Because I think a lie jams you up a little bit more now. Because even though there's no real hard, there's no real way to really, you know, like avoid any kind of penalty on this one. But if you lie, you just probably jammed yourself up a little bit longer than you probably was going to get. So they well, knew brother, that. Well, Rogers, I hate to tell you, brother, I ain't mean to cut you off, but he was going to jail regardless. Because he was being an irresponsible, what do you call it? How you say it? Irresponsible gun owner. It, and that's what they was going to automatically lock him up regardless. If he have a, if he even told them the truth, they was going to lock his ass up regardless. I'm sorry. That's what I was yeah, yeah. So it, it, it wasn't going to be no lighter sentence. It was going to be the same. And this is the mm. thing. Uh, even Dave, the brother had uh, the show. I, that's why I sent it to you the other day. John Lawson would had this conversation. That's why I sent it to you the other morning. And he was saying oh, with, all this, with all of this crime going on, I didn't get a chance to finish listening to all of it, but he was saying all this crime going on, should these parents be held liable as well? Because, again, when when you have, like they do in school, when your child is um, – skipping school they you know like i said we they, they they go out and go get the parents like kamala harrison was doing out in california they held hold the parent responsible some places they were locking the parents up if the child missed so many days they will lock the parents up some that they was charging them they were fining the parents they were holding them was liable for the children not going to school so now that he was asking this question and they, I think they even had that on the news. Should they start holding these parents responsible and liable for these children, these teens that's going out here committing these crimes? Hmm. Let me answer that. that. Right, go ahead. Go ahead. Take a shot at it. All right. So in a real way of looking at that would be, in my opinion, you would lash out a weight of justice towards that parent or those parents that are the ones that, you know, who who are the ones supposed to be raising them. 
they're going to have to face some type of a penalty for what happened when that child ended up out of the house when there's like a curfew and then the child did something or he should be home by, you know, before 11, but he y'all did something 11, 30 or 12. And the parents um, weren't on their job by making sure the children were in the house. And then the child did something. And then now, okay, that parent that wasn't on top of their job, making sure their child wasn't being, you know, dishonorable and sneaking out the house and doing some mischief, that they're going to have to somehow maybe pay a penalty of some kind financially. I'm not saying lock the parents up, but maybe they're going to have to just so that they know next time, like, look, you snuck out the house and you you did this here, whatever they did, right? And um, that cost me $500. I got to pay this city $500 for what you did. Now, you, I'm going to whoop you behind or, you know, I can't whoop you behind now because, you know, the law is that you can't beat your kids no more or whatever. So I'm just saying the parents should be held some kind of liable financially but not incarceration, all right? Hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, let's see here. What else what I was going to look at? Uh, damn, something else I was going to say right fast. I started looking at my phone. Um because I want to get, I want to say something about that crime bill, but I have something else I want to say before that crime bill. Ah, shit, maybe I got to go into this now. <laughs> um, the reason I kind of say I go into to looking at the crime bill, right? And this is something that 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 during the Biden uh, when he was running for office, people started bringing this up about Joe Biden in the 94, I mean, excuse me, 1994 crime bill. They kept bringing that up, the 1994 crime bill. Joe Biden did that to black folk. He don't give a damn about black folk. And black people were saying this, right? I've even heard it, and I looked at it, but I didn't know all the information about it, right? Like a lot of times we don't know. Here's something with justice like you, Moon Man, and some more brothers, not just y'all, some more brothers I even talked to were like, yeah, they got to do something, man. Get on these goddamn lock their asses up. You know, so-and-so was something. <laughs> Here's something, brother, that, that we didn't know about this crying bill. Now, it's been out there. It's been, it, it started coming out, but not too much, though, right? Here's something. The same way that black people are getting, as we're getting frustrated, lock their ass up, do something. Y'all got to do something, so-and-so, so mm-hmm. The same thing happened, brother. With the 94 crime bill, it was black people. The black community was saying something has to be done. They were asking politicians, these officials, to do something. So they asked for that. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Black people asked for that to happen. So when you, now we actually, we blame Biden for coming up with the bill, but black people you asked for it. The black people. Well, you know, Reverend Sharpton criticized that crime bill back then, right? You know he did. Yeah, I seen some more people, and I seen some names. I'm, I'm, I got an article. And I'm gonna even bring up their names. I was damn shocked when I seen that. that, that, that some of these names that I seen that um, yeah. that, uh, that went against it. But they said they said like it's not in this article, but I seen another video before. They said they had 
clergy, black clergy, you know, pastors, reverends and stuff, they was asking this something yeah. to be done. Citizens, a lot of politicians. Here's something they said the bill now one thing it was called is as you had let me, let me go back to your title with this the show. Go back to your title. It says a violent act law aimed at preteens. A violent act. So the bill Is that what they said too? No, that's what our said. Yeah, that's what our said. What they what did they say? <laughs> The Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994. Wow, Justice. That's what it was called, the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994. Right, I wouldn't have thrown no law enforcement in there. They tried to add 100,000 cops on that one. That's what they did. Yeah, but they asked for the violent control, violent crime control, like you got in here, the violent act. But they said... Commonly known as the crime bill. That's what we always know is it. It says sponsored yeah. by who? Joe Biden, twenty six years ago. It is often blamed for extending extending tough on crime policies that over overwhelmingly criminalize black Americans. Wow, ain't that something? I'm trying to get down to the media of it, y'all, but this is a long article. I want to get to the media of it. The media of this thing right here. Let me see. Let me That's see. Definitely was a, it was it definitely it was a uh, you know the crime bill was a a law or you know act on black people particularly versus like you know the country or all the people of the country. They were definitely putting black people under microscopes during that time because it was the crack epidemic was in play and that's probably why people were really asking for something to be done because the crack thing was making people do all kind of crazy things drug dealers was killing each other and all this stuff was going on so yeah it, it was you know it was, a, it was a scary time and people was like y'all please do something and they wanted a crime bill but they didn't ask for them to do all that they did they just wanted something to be done but they went to the extreme talking about some three strikes and you're out even if you just stole some pizza or did something real minute, they were throwing you in jail for life. But but, all of justice, but the black people it had when they came up with this, black leaders doing this, some of the black leaders with the uh, uh what's the name, the uh, the black caucus, they agreed to mm-hmm. it. When Joe Biden drafted it up and came up with it, brother, they signed on to mm-hmm. it. They agreed to it. We can't let their black asses mm-hmm. off, bro. We just saying no, no, no. The black people agreed to. Here we go. Here's here's some of the article. Some things it says. According to the 1994 Gallup survey, 58 percent of African Americans supported the crime bill, compared to 49 percent of white Americans. Damn, most black mayors who were gripped with a record wave of violent crime did so as well. Do what supported the bill. It says, as he joined and a delegation of mayors lobbying Congress to bag the bill, Baltimore Mayor uh, Kirk, somebody said, <laughs> we are trying very hard. Kirk Schmoke. Schmoke. There you go. We're very hard to try to explain uh, to Congress that this is a matter that need bipartisan support. But go but look at what it says, though, y'all. It, 98% of African-Americans supported the bill and only 49% of, of, of so-called white Americans. It says most black mayors who was gripped. Check this out. This is happening today, y'all. Most black mayors who was gripped with, uh, uh, grippling with a, a, a record wave of violent crime did so. 
Oh, Chicago, black mayor. Glad I got that funk ass out of there. Excuse me, let me slow down. Let me calm down. I'm so damn happy. That <laughs> damn block party. I told you, I don't even live in Chicago. Yo, I was happy too. I'm happy for them for today. But look, they got a messed up situation on now. But them people, man, they happy. They okay. got no funk ass out of there. I don't know yeah, who they, 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 they choices. Them. They got two choices. They got a runoff going to happen April the 5th. And when that happened, April 4th. And when that happened, they got a choice between a white man and a black man. And, and the and the white man ain't even come near no black neighborhood, and the and the black man from the black neighborhood, and he's young, and the other guy is old, a old white dude, and a younger black man. Now, what is the city gonna do? You know what? And we could throw color out of it. We could throw color out of it. I'm gonna tell you why. So we can't don't we can't play the race game. We can't play the race game, Justice, because why? Why you said it, Ariel? I'm going to show you why. You just had a black female in office, didn't do shit to try to curve it, didn't do a goddamn thing. So whether you get a black, white, turquoise, yellow, green, you already say, you already know where I'm going to go. They Democrats in the first place. They ain't going to do shit in the first place. But we can't say, well, the white man, he ain't going to do shit when you just, you just got rid of a black woman. I didn't say an Asian woman. I didn't say a Mexican woman. I say a black, so-called black woman, African-American, if we want to call it that, who was just in there. The people got fed up with her black ass. The people got fed up with her black ass and got out of there. So we can't play the race game when you just got rid of a black woman because y'all got sick of her black ass for not doing nothing. So we said, well, a white man, he ain't. And was it not, was she not in office? I'm not sure. I don't know what she in there. Was she not in there when Trump that time said something is Chicago needs something to be done. We need to do something with Chicago. All these black people, we said, you know, there's a crime in Chicago. Oh, no, hell no. Don't y'all send nobody to my, I think she was. She did. Don't send nobody to Chicago. Y'all ain't going to be sending nobody up here. We can handle our own city. When the president of the United States, I'm not saying I don't know what he was planning to do, but hell, he, he addressed it and said, hey, something needs to be done. They're like, uh-uh, hell no. Don't you send nobody up here to try to do the damn thing in our city. But that, that was a black woman. So now we want to lay, well, they get fucked up. They get a white boy. He ain't going to give a shit. The black one didn't either. The black woman didn't either. Okay, let me get But here's some names that when they was talking about this, going back, um, What's that brother name? Okay, it says at the end, a Maryland representative. What's that? What's that brother? Kwame Kufume, something like Kurt that. Kurt Schmoltz. No, I'm not talking about him. It was a representative. He was the over the Black Caucus at one time. He was a representative from Maryland. Uh, Kwame Kufume or something like that. I remember that brother. Kwame Kufume. Yeah, it said Kwame Kufume. Kwame Then the chair of the uh, uh, of the Black Caucus. Uh, Congressional Black Caucus, we have to put a stamp on this bill. This is what he's saying. We have to put a stamp on this bill. Two-thirds of the Congressional Black Caucus members voted for its passage. Y'all heard it? Your Black Caucus now, your elected officials, did the only uh, – now, here's what tripped me out. As as did the only Black senator at that time, uh, Illinois' Carolyn Mosley, and it says, but key, um, I'm messing up, y'all. I can't even read tonight. Okay, give me some goddamn old glasses. But the key Congressional Black Caucus <laughs> members voted no. Now, there's a name that tripped me out who voted no. 
I got to make sure. Let me get my sound effects. I got to get him a round of applause. I'm going to have to get him a line on this because I'm really shocked. Let me see if said, I can remember. I'm also, I remember somebody who voted no on that. I remember at least one person. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm go ahead, guess, though. Bro. Now, I'm going to go because you might uh, guess it. I want you to see because you, you guess who it was. Oh, Four names that was mentioned in this article. Okay, okay. Go ahead and give me the first name. Maybe it comes to me. Okay. The first one that they said voted no, drum roll, y'all, John Lewis. John right, Lewis. right, right. Damn, just if I give you the rest of them, you, you are already going to, you're going to guess the rest of them. Uh, that was, mm-hmm. that was, them two was the major Maxine ones. Maxine Waters. Damn, there you go. I, I, I wanted you to say it. I didn't want to give you them the two number mm-hmm. one. Them the VIPs of mm-hmm. the ones that I was going to say. I didn't want to tell that. Yeah, Maxine Waters, John uh, Converse, and John, and Charles Randall. I don't know too much about him. I've seen him. But the top names, there was John Lewis and Maxine Waters. The top names that I was really shocked. Well, that's good because they're consistent. They're, they're sharp. They're consistent. Yeah. And They didn't vote for know. it. That's just how they always on the right side, you know. Yeah. And but like I said, but the only reason I brought that up about the crime bill and, and just to say that because of this is something that as like blacks are you know, saying that, you know, black people or us, we are saying that something gotta be dead, guys gotta be and this is how that crime bill came about that black people asked for and they supported it. Not all, but some supported it when it came but like i said we know we we, they blame the white man joe biden and all y'all know i ain't taking up for him but i gotta tell the goddamn truth this was something that black people said and they wanted instead of us trying to come up with something else or something ourselves to try to rid this thing you know like we should be trying to do now um and now, you know, like we talk about, like we you know, we always talk about the murder music and this, this and that, and people are always saying, "Oh, ain't nothing wrong with the music." It's always about the violence, and and we let that carry on, letting them play this type of music on our airways. Dolores Tucker. Who was she? What she do? Remember, see, Dolores Tucker. She was the first one to come out against Tupac and them for the vulgar lyrics, calling women bees and hoes and. And, and using the N word and all the songs, she she was really against that, and she really was standing up for that in 1992. And then the rappers would make songs about her in a negative way or say something negative, you know, about her because wow. she was saying that they shouldn't talk that way, and they were saying, oh, you know, you know, take this middle finger, lady, you know, like get out of here, you know what I mean? <laughs> Damn. Yeah. See. And um, I, I don't. I, it just. It just really just getting to me, you know. For more of, as, as you were saying about this, this dog targeting more of, like you said, preteens, ten and eleven. That is more the thing that I'm, you know, um, against when we we talking about them. Uh, now, just the other day in this city, they had two people. Well, five. I'm sorry, five people were shot in this city just was more than that but it was an incident where five people were shot three was injured two died and they and they came out and said that the brother who did this shooting was 17 years old 17 yeah so 
It's, it's, it's getting rough, but I'll tell you, man. That's we the have... average age right now. That's the real yeah. average age of these crimes being committed. Yeah. That's so the like average I said, age. So when we put it on, like I said, so when we're looking at talking about teenagers, like 10, I mean, you look at the stats. How many young brothers and sisters are 10, 10 doing this? As we if we talk about preteen crime, but hell, hell, and then we got to look at a lot of these children, man. Um, as again, we got to look at it. They're being forced into gangs, and you got to be forced into goddamn gangs, especially AKA Hood USA. Um, you got a lot of factors, man, that goes into this that we have to look at it instead of just saying, well, we need to punish the head and throw away like the key. Like I said, that's again, we got to go back to the element of what's causing this. What is causing our children to be the way that they are? These That's movies. Gotta, yeah, it, it's that. It's <laughs> that movies, and it's a lot of those. So like I said, gangs, you know, intimidation by gangs. You don't get in this game, we're going to beat your ass. Or, you know, this, that, another, you better go ahead and do this. It, it's so many things, brother. Oh, this one. You know, they, oh, man, let me just say, they wait, say wait. children see, in one day, a children can see how many how many hundreds of acts of violence in one day and how many, you know, sexual violent acts and how many shootings. Every day you're seeing this all day, every day. And this becomes the norm. This becomes the American culture. This becomes the American American diet for what they want to see for entertainment. I know people who watch movies, and if there's nobody getting killed in the movie, they said it wasn't good. So... I'm just saying, like, the American diet is death and murder and sex and violence, and that's the problem. And so, and then there was another thing I was going to say. Uh, you said something, and I was going to take it back to where we were on the Moon Man show last week, and Mr. Ellis called in, and he said that it was a nine-year-old who killed his whole family or something like that. And then there was another nine-year-old who massacred his family or something like that. So it's not just 10 years old. It's like, you know, you've got to catch them even before they get 10. So if we're aiming at 10, maybe we should be aiming at nine or eight because if a child is so smart enough to do things and by the time he gets eight or nine to know that, you know, if I pull this trigger – you're going to be dead, you know, because he's seen the movies and that he got a real gun. He knows this is a real gun. He got it from his closet where his dad showed him how to put it away, you know, showed him everything, how to do it, you know, how to load it, how to unload it, put it on safety, take it off safety. He know all this stuff. He know where it's kept. He run in there and grabbed the gun. He was mad at somebody, killed his mother, killed his brother, killed his father, and everybody with that gun, his father showed him how to load and how to put it away and do all that stuff. So a child can be eight years old and end up doing something crazy. And you you could say, well, you know, mother and father, you know, they're not intelligent or raising the child right. It's best to not raise a child in the house with guns in the first place. Now, you should uh, in your mind. I say you got to be responsible, but how the hell you going to? You got to, you know, with all this shit like now, like especially with all this shit going on now, you ain't got no way to protect you and your goddamn family. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Too many home, 
there's not too many home invasions, and the ones that do happen is because people know that there's money in there and they may have a connection to that person or somehow they know that that's a spot. Now, if you are, that's very rare. Ninety percent of the people don't got it going on like that. So if you end up being one of them people, yeah, you may need guns to protect your stash. But, but I regular no common folks. I wouldn't tell nobody. Huh? Where you, I wouldn't say nobody, man. Well, because you got children, you can't. You shouldn't have a gun. Nah, I, hell no. Nah. I was raised and I've lived my whole life without a gun, and I've been fine. I mean, I've had encounters and different things, but I've been That's fine true. without a gun all and my everybody life. Everybody who has a huh? gun never. A lot of people have a gun. They never. They never get a chance to use a gun. They never have to use a gun. So we're saying that, but see, like. You 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 as you have to be responsible. That's why they have trigger locks. They have a lot of different things. They have you know people who are responsible. Some people train. Some people know they you know they they know what to do when they have a gun. They know, and so this is why they get on people because they don't have the trigger locks. They give them away for fucking free. You go to police and you get a trigger lock for free for your gun. So they have ways. That's why they tell you, you got to be a re- responsible gun owner. They always say they're responsible for gun owners. Responsible for gun owners. That's the key. You can say that all. Sunray. I mean, Ariya. You can say that all day long. But a lot of people aren't even thinking about being a responsible gun owner. They are putting the gun in their hands of the three year old and taking pictures of them and posting and saying, you know, look, he's gonna be a thug. That's not a responsible it's, it's gun owner. Well, there's a whole lot of them. I, I know that for a fact. If you pass the law like that, they, like they talking about gun bills, these gun laws, which to me is stupid as fuck. I'm going to say stupid as fuck. You know why? Because when they talk about somebody shot up this, they shot up that. You know what? These people who are out here, like we talk about the teens that's getting these guns now, they didn't go buy them legally. So if you make a gun bill... Who are you hurting? Who are you actually hurting? A person who probably don't have a felony, don't have a record, and they're trying to get maybe a gun for whatever, reprotect their family or whatnot. They're not trying to get a gun so they can go up and shoot up no mall and just go shoot up people. The people who we are saying who criminals, as we would say, these goddamn thugs and gang, them the motherfuckers who got the guns and going to do stuff reckless. So when you pass a gun law, and see, they just say shit to sound, try to sound so good like they really trying to do something, which they know is a bunch of bullshit. But no, uh, you know they want it to be a, a automatic weapon ban. That's all it is. It ain't like to take the, away everybody's you, you gun. What the fuck you want? But you, you're not taking the guns out of the hands of the criminals. So when they say all this, right, shit, right, right. You know what I'm saying it's like they they try to say shit like it sounded so fucking good. Like we, they oh man, they it do, do don't it? It do. They're not it doing do sound good because you're not taking the hand. <laughs> it's not affecting the criminal. He's not going in there getting a background check on no motherfucking gun. So you only including the people who's really trying to be maybe a law-abiding citizens. If, if I yep. look, I just go to if I go to the gun store and buy me a gun. I'm not finna go buy register and get me a gun so I can go rob Walmart and kill up everybody in Walmart. I know I just registered that motherfucker now. Then you think, come on, bro. I'm not. But go, people I'm do do that. that. People do that. They bought the gun and the next day or the same day they kill people. Cause like you look at some of them mass shooters. A lot of them they stole their mother's gun and somebody else, somebody else's gun. They weren't. 
you're not going to get a registered ass gun so you can just I'm gonna go through all that background check and all of this shit so I can go shoot up and do a mass shooting. Bro, they no. do do that. That 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 has been done many times in the last two years. Yes, <laughs> they do that. No. And, and, and hours later, they just got We're the daggone gun from Walmart, Walmart, and then he go do a massacre. I mean, this has happened like recently. Sure. I don't know. It might. It might have. I'm not saying it don't. But we're looking at what we talk about in the hood. These motherfucking guns, these, these people got, they catch them in all the time. They're like, oh, he's a convicted felon with a firearm. That's what I'm saying. So when they're talking about on a, on a massive level, we do the, the, when, they, when these dumbass politicians get to talking this silly shit, and they talk about crime bills, it's not going to affect the criminals who they really be talking, really who they are talking about who's doing the crime. It's not, a, it's not targeting them. They can care less. They can care less. Who don't care less, the politicians? I said, the, no, the criminals can care less about your I know business. That's what I'm saying, because it don't make no sense then, because the, the politicians just talking, as Cameo said, talking out the side of their neck. It don't make mm-hmm. a difference, because it's not the bill is not going to affect them. It's only going to affect somebody else who probably trying to get it to do the right thing, have it for protection, hoping they never use it. But that's the only person you're going to affect. So that's why the crime bill is never going. It's never going to work. I don't give a fuck what what I mean. Gun law bill they pass. Gun it ain't going to work. You ain't stopping no goddamn. There's too, too many guns available now. There's way too so many already available. You're not stopping the fucking criminals who's doing all of this killing every damn night in hood USA near you. You're not stopping. Did them. you hear Moon Man? Did you hear Moon Man pitch? If you stop the bullets from being made, then you can't shoot nobody. So don't take no more bullets. Let's pitch for stopping the bullets from being made. Moon Man was snowing that shit there when he said that. Uh, some man, Moon Man. Oh, man. <laughs> Moon Man. He was say that damn near every week though, son. He That's say that every week. Stupid. That's stupid as hell. Well, he believed that's the smartest thing in the world. And people call up there and tell him it's stupid. He'd be like, No, no. Who you gonna shoot if you ain't got no bullets? And I'm going to tell you, and I got to say this. Uh-oh, you know, I got to go political. I got to go I got, I got to go political, and I got to say some other stuff about the parents, too, again. <laughs> a lot of this stuff we're seeing, and, and, and this is why I go back to the community, and community and our most of our respective cities. Most most cities that, that, that we are living in as so-called blacks or so-called African-Americans, the cities that we are in are ran by production. Well, yes, it is. A lot of it is ran by Democratic mayors and things of this thing, right? Policymakers. I, I know I can speak for the city of Memphis. I can't really speak for nobody. I'm not going to speak for no other city. I'm going to speak for the city of Memphis. This city has been ran by Democrats for I don't know how goddamn long. It never get better. They had two black mayors. Never They got better under the black mayors, under the Democratic. This Democratic mindset again. And this is what's failing our people again. You're constantly running over. And I'm not saying, you know, on the Republican side, going to be no, it's be better. But I'm telling you, this is what's failing our people with this damn Democratic mindset. Just leave them alone. There's so-and-so, this, that, and other. And every, basically, you can look at, like I said, again, Chicago, Democratic. Baltimore. Just look at some of these, these cities where our people majority at and look at the crime. Look at the, the poverty. Who's running those goddamn cities? Who's the administrator of those cities? Who, I, I mean, it, it is what it is. You, we can deny it all we want to. Look at the look at the mindset of those of that under that democratic thing. Look at just, I'm just that's all I'm gonna say. 
But here's something again with the children. We can we can blame the children in the way they think. But here's something I've, I've noticed and I've I've seen. And we like I said we blame the children. But how is a a child supposed to come out and act right when you have a mother? Most I've seen this with mothers, and I'm not trying to beat up on our sisters, but I've seen this a lot with with mothers with children. Sit your mother so and so down. Bob, beat your this type of stuff. Calling their little girls B's and H's. I mean, little girl. I mean, little girls probably no less than five years of age, three and four mm-hmm. years old. Little children. Cuss. I mean, I mean, flat yeah. foot. And I'm gonna say it, y'all. I gotta get country with this one, y'all. Flat foot cursing those children out. I mean, as they say, y'all cussing them. I gotta put the emphasis. I gotta be country. Cussing them children out. Calling them all types of names. You live mother. You know y'all what they say. What my, what I've my seen mother? it. I've seen it. Yeah, you live. You know, you hear us sometimes. That's what you, they need to have when they be cussing them little children out. So how you think a child, yep. if you're doing this <laughs> to a child, and this is the way you're raising this child now, how you think that child going to grow up to be? So a lot of these children, right? Yeah, we're talking about this going out here doing these type of things. This is the type of environment and the type of household that they're growing up in. See, like I said, again, we can we can blame them, but how are they being <laughs> raised and how are they being reared? Justin, that video oh, you sent me, that video, I like that video with the young brother. Uh, what was he, nine years old, is already in college? Man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, from that justice. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you what I saw from that. This is again. We talk about parenting. The type of parents you have. You know why that young brother is so smart? Did you really pay attention to his parents? His they parents, were classy yeah. people to me. His parents, no, not just yeah. That's true. His father, it's like he's smart, nerdy. I was saying nerdy, smart and intelligent as a mother sucker. You ever heard that they, they, even even they, these scientists and people were trying to come up with this shit called a smart gene. Smart gene. Have these genes where it could be passed on to the children and the children can automatically come out smart and intelligent. A smart gene. They, like, basically, they want to um, uh, pre, damn near pre-order their child, how their child will come out. And you remember now, and I'm not, oh, shit, I'm not a, I'm not a eugenicist, brothers and sisters, I'm not. But remember even Margaret Sangler, her thing, the uh, Negro Project, and what she said, oh, damn, what was that goddamn word, man? Uh, I can't even think of the word how she said. I'm just going to say feeble-minded. There you go. Appreciate that, most. I appreciate that. She said, <laughs> people who... Feeble-minded. You can't have a, a, a feeble-minded female and a feeble-minded black man. In other words, an ignorant-ass black man and an ignorant-ass black woman shouldn't get together and have no child. Because what they're going to raise? Another ignorant-ass child. They're going to bring an ignorant-ass child into the world because both of them ignorant. They're uneducated. They're dumb as hell. They're only going to bring in a dumb-ass child into the world. That's what that's what the eugenicists and people like Margaret Sangler them was saying, and even you think Richard about Richard Pryor said that. You did. Richard Pryor said, two ugly motherfuckers in the world. You two bringing two ugly motherfuckers together, they shouldn't make nothing but another ugly motherfucker." So you know he was going in that direction. 
Yeah, I, I, I've heard that people say that. Yeah. And see, this is what they used to say. This is why they remember, even in, in the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, when he was talking about the grafting, and he said that, uh, talk about when he was even talking about Yaqub, and he said the doctors, them, you had to go, and, then, and this is according to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He was saying, this is why you even had to go, they started off, you had to do a blood test to see were y'all compatible. You remember before you get married, you, you did you had to go get a blood test to see were y'all compatible to even get married. You were suitable to get married. You had to get a blood test. I know some of my older heads and elders out there. I know y'all remember some of y'all remember that. I remember. I don't tell y'all age now, but you know, but that, yeah, and that's what Elijah Muhammad was saying. You you couldn't. You had to be able. So uh, when I thought, and I looked at that 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 brother, that uh, young man, nine year old, his father, and they're not. What we would call, uh, like, I don't know, they they look like they from somewhere. I don't know where, where I wonder what country they from. Africa. But he, yeah, because he, he, the father is very goddamn intelligent himself, and the mother, but she didn't hardly speak as much. But I looked at the father, I said, okay, I see why this young, and normally he said he took his son, to, you know, his job, he, t- he teach him a lot of stuff while at his job. What was his, what was his father's job occupation again, brother? I forgot. He's uh, he's uh, something physicist. His father. Yeah. Oh, see. So he get a lot of this intelligence, probably genetically. I'm not saying that's all the case, y'all. I can't explain that shit. But from from his parents, from his parents. That's why his daddy said he was always asking questions, and I didn't try to tell him, man, get away from here. He was always asked, he was very inquisitive and in asking questions. So it's it's like when they see that y'all know how people say this this dumb shit, and maybe it maybe it's maybe it's some truth to it. But I, I disagree with it. But just because I disagree with it, don't mean nothing. And brother, they be saying, I'm a product. I'm a, I'm a product of my environment. I heard brothers used to say that at work. I said, bro, don't, don't don't say no shit like that. No, you're not. Bro, I'm just a product of my environment, man. No, bro, no, you're not. So, you know, people think so. He's like, because he act all hood and crazy and bush. Yeah, hey, man, hey, man. Yeah, what so you got to think about a lot of that. What a child is being, how a child is being reared up into. I know a brother just talked about, he was telling me some stuff about, his, you know, how his, uh, um, the parent, a mother, was talking about how they, calling the daughters B's and H's and talking about she want to kill them and all this type of shit, disrespecting the children. Now, how do you think a child a handle going to handle something like that? If a parent is being disrespectful to that child, hateful towards that child, that child might have anger issues, a lot of anger issues. Why that child is going out into the community doing what it is doing, promoting violence, I mean, not promoting violence, perpetuating violence on someone else. Because like you said earlier, he's growing up in a violent household among father uh, probably beating the hell out of mom. Sometimes nowadays, these women beating the hell out of the daddies and beating the hell out of these men. But he's having like these bad and seeing things in their home and they're taking these things out of it. So like I said, brother, it's a lot that need to be unpacked with this thing and just saying we need to just throw their ass in the jail. We have to really get into the psyche and see what is causing children to act in a manner to where they are so we can be able to fix it it's like anything with your car you take it to get it diagnosed you got a problem the engine light on you take it to get it diagnosed just so you can figure out the problem we have to diagnose what the hell is going on with our children because why they wasn't like this a 
couple of years ago. They weren't like this a couple of years ago. You know, we, they always, we always had church. Like I said, we did some things, but not, like I said, to the magnitude the way that they are now. Is if something happened, brother, that's the way they got to this point. So we have to go back and figure out what happened. What happened? Let me say about my friend Jimmy when I was growing up. He had a little brother who was three. He was so smart. And he was the same way as this little genius nine-year-old was. Every time you would say something, he would ask you why. And then he would want to know how. And he would know where and when and how. And he just had, he just question after question. And they never shut him down either. And he just was just the most bright young man, three years old, who could rap. And he was, he was rapping at three already. He could speak like a five-year-old or six-year-old already when other three-year-olds are still trying to, you know, form sentences. This little boy was already doing it well. So what I'm saying is the way you raise a child, if you're raising them in that way where you're not shutting them out, telling them to be quiet, all right, you ask me enough questions. If he continues to just ask you questions all day and you have to provide an answer for him, you can make him a genius because if that's all he wants to know is the answer to every daggone question, you're going to have to get the dictionary out for him. You're going to have to give him an encyclopedia and let him have at it. Say, look, you want to know the answer to all of your questions? Here's your dictionary. Here's your encyclopedias. You can answer all of the questions you need to answer now because you're already on the right track. You've learned all, you learn how to read already, you, you know, and the child is already way ahead of everything because you're not um, abusing him with the type of language that's harmful to his little mind. You're only talking to him kindly and speaking to him with love and care. And so you can raise a genius. We used to say, you could raise a God. We're looking for a woman to raise my God, you know, like, because, that's kind of the same sense of what you're looking at here, a genius, a god, you know, someone who's smart and brilliant, intelligent, you know, a little smart person that wants to know everything and wants to, you know, just just learn so much. So that's just it to me on that note. Yes, sir. I, I like what you said, there, brother. We can either raise a god or we can raise a devil. I like that, oh. even though I don't agree with the devil. But hell, just for conversation purposes, we can raise a god or you can raise a devil. Which one is it? We can raise yeah. an agreeable one or a disagreeable one. That, that's true. Yeah, man. It, 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 like I said, brother, it's so many factors to what's going on. Like I said, it is a community. Like I said, that's why I start off saying that we ha- we are failing our children. That's why I said we, we, we are failing our children as a community of people because of certain things. You know, and, and, and we go back again. Um. And big up, let's say this, we got to give credit what credit is due. Big up to each and every last parent out there that's doing a wonderful job and rearing your children, whether they're yours or not, your nephews, your nieces, your nephews, your cousins, and you're trying to give them some, some positive influence and some positive information Big up to each and every one of you. You know you don't really need a pat on the back, but we got to give you some credit and for what you're doing, uh, you know, to the best of your ability. So peace to everybody who's trying to do something 
and we're not trying to give up on our children because, you know, we, that's our children, man. Like I said, we live, we got to live amongst them. Um, but we got, we got to get back to some, we got to find some solutions, solutions. We don't want them caught up in the system uh, and getting into that damn system. We talk about the beast system a lot of times. We don't want them to get in there. We don't want to feed the beast. We don't want to feed the beast, make them rich off our children again. Because what, what did Kanye even talked about, the 13th Amendment, about private, I mean, by prison systems. It's nothing but another form of slavery. So when we're throwing our children in prisons, in these damn dungeons, what are we doing? We're making somebody rich, these private prisons and stuff. We're making them rich. And let's let's not do that. I would like to see we shut these, these goddamn, I know it's not going to happen, so I'm wishful thinking, but at least decrease it, downsize it, minimize it, because we talk about we don't have we having problems with the police. So if we get our stuff under control, y'all, I'm just, like I said, this is probably just wishful thinking, but I I wish it would happen. I pray that it would happen that we can get our things under control. We got to worry about the police because there'd be less police on the street. You know why? Because we we are not misbehaving, but we don't need no goddamn police. We're not we're not out here doing all this goddamn stealing. We ain't doing no killing. It, no, it's gonna be police gonna lose their jobs. It's gonna be goddamn uh, less judges. It's going to be less judges. It's going to be less prosecutors. Like, damn, ain't nobody doing nothing. And we don't, you know, y'all talk, want to talk about defund the police and all that. That's how you're going to do them, by stop or stop doing shit by misbehaving. That's it. That's not, that's, like I said, that's wishful thinking. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a rightly world, that shit might work. It'll work. But we can. We can decrease this thing on our own, brothers and sisters. We know better. We just have to be able to do better. There's a, and here's something. I, I know where I was going. Throwing people away and not giving them a chance. I was, I praised them. Over. It took me, a, it did. It took me a minute. It took me a minute before I got it right. Before I got it right. But if they throw Ariel's black ass in jail, which they was one time off of me 30 some years in prison. But I ended up getting, you know, Something happened. I ended up getting two years probation. They throw the book at my ass in 30. Y'all wouldn't even know me that I still been in there right now. But here's a brother who had a second chance in life and second chance and another chance or an opportunity can sit here today and talk to y'all. Been doing it for what, damn near 14 some years on here. I could have been in, in prison for life somewhere for this lot of stupid stuff that I did, but I didn't. And that's what the sisters were saying. We just want to throw everybody in jail for life and throw their ass in the dungeon and never give them a chance. You wouldn't meet a lot of great people that have gotten out, changed their life, and tried to help other people change their lives. And sometimes it's like for people who never had probably experienced anything, never been to the been to, and I hope nobody ever have to been to jail, been to prison, did this, have even have children of, been raised children, like a lot of psychologists, they always can tell you how to raise your children. They don't have no fucking children themselves. It's easy for us to like, throw the goddamn children in the jail. Well, until you have some yourself and things that you probably won't feel that way. I'm not saying everybody who, some people with children say they probably say that. But some things you will think about I've been there. I've been in the prison. I have a son and a granddaughter now. So I, 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 in certain ways, I'm reserved. I hope my, I'm, I'm thankful that he didn't do anything, you know, 
uh, to hurt anybody else and do anything. Um, and anybody else, child. But I just don't, I think that there's something else that we can do instead of throwing a child in jail for years. It's like, and I'm going to use another example. I got, we got 28 minutes, y'all. We're going to stand here. Um, and I got to use this here, y'all. We, we talked about this years ago when this started happening. I'm going to give y'all something. Like I said, hurt people hurt people because sometimes they never had nobody try to help them when they were hurt. Here's something. I know I get some of y'all go, oh, shit, you don't lost your mind. When I say this name, but hear me out, y'all. R. Kelly. I know y'all, some of y'all, oh, shit, R. Kelly. You fell out the chair. Let me show y'all something. With R. Kelly in the situation, they was talking about him molesting girls, young girls, underage girls, and things of this nature. Y'all remember the documentary they talked about R. Kelly. How R. Kelly was molested by his older uh, sister. He was young. He was a little little young little boy. He was molested by his older sister. And and me and somebody, we talked about this. I forgot who it was. We was on this show when we talked about this. R. Kelly needed help his goddamn self, y'all. I mean, I'm not saying it justify, you know, what he did, but still, again, R. Kelly needed help. Who was there to help R. Kelly to heal him? And maybe somebody would have known. I don't know if somebody knew that he was being molested. But not if somebody would have helped R. Kelly with it when if they knew that he was doing what happened to him, maybe that could have stopped him from growing into the person that he grew up to be. I know somebody can understand. Like they said in the church, I know I got a witness out there. I know somebody can understand what I'm saying. Maybe he wouldn't have grew up to be the person that he grew up to be. So maybe some and and and, and y'all don't understand. See, trauma, goddamn it, affects people in in certain different ways. So maybe by him being, mal- I don't know, y'all. I ain't R. Kelly. And I ain't in this goddamn mind. I'm just trying to just say something, things here. Show us. Somehow, even his mind, he figured, what well, this happened to me. Now I'm going to do it to somebody else. It was because they did it to me. And this is why he was, I don't know, y'all. I'm not trying to justify y'all, but I'm just trying to figure this shit out. Well, you know? well, I I'm going to have a. I'm gonna have a- <laughs> Go ahead. But you kind of see what I'm saying. I don't want to Not cut good. you off, brother. Go ahead. Not good, brother, but okay. you see what I'm saying. Yeah, no, you cannot see what I'm saying, do you? I'm going to have a chief rabbi moment. Uh-oh. That's, that's a scary one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, do you know that Prince's sister molested him? Uh-uh. I didn't know that one. Yeah. He even made a song about it where he said his sister put it on him, man. Dang. And that's why he turned out how he is, a little freak. Oh, freaky. You know? Dang. But he, he, he admitted it in one of his songs, man. I'll you know tell you, get the song up. He got so many songs. But I heard the song. He said his sister did that to him. Mm-hmm. And I remember see, so I was, I was talking about that, brother, how they saying that's a, like, it's like, that is one of the most worst, oh, that brother, the young brother, uh, King, uh, uh, what was the name? The brother, the King, I'm just goddamn again, brain dead. The King, uh, uh, Randall, young brother, he was talking about somehow uh-huh. a lot of them children in that school, he said how a lot of them young brothers get molested. 
how a lot of them brothers have been molested. He said when he gets to talking to them, they have been molested by somebody. Now, these boys, we talk about boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and nobody talks about and especially in the black community, it's like a taboo. You can't talk about it. You're not supposed to talk about it. But he's but like, you, these young boys no, come to him and tell him how he's been. They've been molested, man. Exactly, exactly. But look, it comes from over the past 20 to 25 years in these cities where our young black men have been put into the criminal justice system to the point where we got over millions or at least over a million and something black men and women in and out of jail or in jail for long periods of time while they're young and then they're having their hormones raging while they're in jail and they're doing things with each other, same sex, while they're in those in those cells. Then they get home and then they come home. They may pervert children because they've been doing these things behind these cell walls, and then they get to hold the children and they pervert them. And I've even heard little children say some things that I would never think I would ever hear a child say here up here in Philly that a that a a parent did to them or made them do or had them do perform an act on their parent and all this stuff like all of this going to jail for the past 25 years that the system has done to our black men and women in these cities mostly men though that have caused our black men to become feminized to not be as strong and tough as they was before they went in there, that they come out now they very walking very light, and you know you know how they, you know how it is now. Men are not as, as strong seeming or as masculine as once was, and you know and not holding it down as black men used to do, as being people with an image of strength and you know and class intelligence and you know holding it down for the family like we don't we're not seeing that the way we used to so this thing has happened to us by going to jail so much they had 250,000 people on parole here in this city every year for the past 20 years they on parole this is another 275 275,000 be on probation. That's another, that's a whole other segment of people. That's 475,000 people right there. Then you have thousands and thousands that's in the jails and stuff of black people. And then they come home and they bring all this stuff home with them and they're, you know, the perversions and all this stuff. And it's perverting the youth even more and it's a whole design that went into place a long time ago to do this to our people this is but this is by design this this is this is this doesn't just happen they plan this to happen like this bro okay that's where we at with it Mm -hmm. that's why i say i'm not so (laughs) gung-ho and ready to say that well we need to just throw them in there for life because there's some factors and stuff that we have to look at and some things. Look at, um, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking about this the other day because um, even we look at this, like you know how talking about we talk about how a person dress and you look at like when we talk about how a person get pulled over by the police, even shot by the police. We like we were talking about the dress and you look at them 
you don't see these type of things. When we do see videos, we don't see anybody who like um, a customary dress like they with the Nation of Islam or Sunni Muslim or um, the brother with the with the feds on or more signs or anything of that nature. We don't see these type of things when we see these videos of somebody being battered and uh, some misconduct happening to them. And I was even thinking about this. You know how we're seeing a lot of stuff. We're hearing a lot of stuff through the conscious community and a lot of stuff now, not just even the conscious community, but we're hearing all of this. Man, damn God, we don't need no God. We so and so this and and certain certain understandings and rearing that people are not into. Like, um, and we're seeing like, okay, trying to see how to go with this because certain like the schools of thought. If I was at you don't see many children when even you go into jails, juvenile. You're not gonna see too many children. I'm not saying it don't happen, y'all. Maybe a child has been raised up and reared reared by someone who's in the nation of Islam. A brother, a sister, or a child who's raised up in a community or in the nation, maybe as a more signs, true more signs. Some that's raised up as and the tradition or congregation who's an Israelite. And there's many different ones that I don't, you know, don't know. Certain things that have, they have a standard of how we, we train and raise their children. You don't see a lot of them out here hanging in the streets, going into the systems. I'm going to tell you all something. Because they ask you when you go to jail, what's your religious preference? What's your religious preference? And I'm saying it, it's something to point to this, y'all. <laughs> Most of them, they're going to say when they go to jail, they're going to say Christians. They're going to say Christians. Most of them, most brothers and sisters go to jail, they say Christians. And that is the reason I'm saying, because here's something that most Christians will tell you. Well, we're not under the law no more, which that's the thing, again, that's a miss no more. Well, we have the thing where they talk about law. Um, in our Hebrew or, or not Hebrew, but Israelite tradition or say Jewish tradition, we said there's we have what we call Torah, and the word Torah actually means teachings and instruction. It don't necessarily mean law, but that's what Christians keep saying it means law. They're not under the law no more. So, but anyway, we just keep that law. And under certain things, they talk about law, which we find in the Torah, even where they have something in again in Kemet called the the negative confessions. I have not stolen. I have not done so. You confess that you have you have not violated some of these principles. So and by it by knowing these principles that you're being taught, you would you would try to do your best not to violate them. So in our Israelite tradition, we have these things in the Torah tell us we're not supposed to do this and have certain things how we're supposed to actually uh, treat the poor and the widows and things of this nature that, that you know uh, and how to treat our brother and all of this stuff. We're not supposed to even charge our brother interest if we loan them some money. Right. And all of these type of things, there's a lot of things that, that we supposed to be, as you are, Dina said, Jews, we're not supposed to do and, and, and that we can do. So but anyway, what I'm going is you see a lot of brothers and sisters who are raised up in certain communities, such as that, like I said, the nation and whatnot. You don't see them out here doing certain things. You're not going to you be now. I'm not saying that there's no like brothers and sisters who's in jail, who's not Muslim and none of this type of stuff. Like, but, but the brothers that I said that I met that was in jail who kind of taught me some stuff, they 
Now, they were not registered. Now, let me make sure they were not registered members in the Nation of Islam. They studied, had studies from teachings of the Nation of Islam, but they were not registered Muslims in the Nation of Islam. And one of the brother who one of the other brother, he was a correction officer. Now he was a registered. Now this is he was a registered Muslim in the uh, Nation of Islam, but he was a correction officer. But so I'm saying, and I even met one of the brothers. He 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 taught he he taught me when I was in jail. He was teaching me, and every time I, I I've seen a brother from time to time. And I ain't seen him too often now. I've been right about three years though. The brother still be doing bad, doing crazy shit, still going in and out of jail, doing. But he kind of taught me, but he didn't take heed to the own teaching that he was. But he wasn't a registered Muslim either. What I'm saying, you look at this type of thing, and we get brothers and sisters always in this conscious community that love to beat down on, again, these communities like us in the Israelite community, the, the Morris Science community, the Nation of Islam. Man, y'all believe in all that God stuff and this and that, but y'all really look at this. Pay attention to it and do the stats, do the numbers, and see that you see our children and, 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 and anything of this nature Running around here, if they're really being reared right, taught right, and reared, that's what I'm saying. If they're being raised right in, in the community, you don't see them out here doing a lot of the stuff that we see. And even again, when we had grandmama them back in the day, mama, it, it mothered them when they were being taught and going to, and what's that, even they going to church. Not like it is today. They raise you with certain principles from the Bible, and you didn't do certain things because of, again, you thought you was going to go to hell for number one, and you didn't want to go to hell. Oh, no, you didn't want to go to hell. <laughs> but let me read y'all something right here. This, this is something that we have as a, like an affirmation as Israel. I don't care if you, you, you European, Jew, whoever, everybody in Israel. We study this, and we hold this to be true. And I'm not going to go to the whole thing, but just one part here. Now, we have something called a Shammai. This is like a prayer. We say uh, opening up in the morning, go to sleep, and, and all of this type of thing. Uh, one of the highest prayers or whatnot in Israel. We say it like this, but it's, it's, I'm going to get it in English. We say Shammai, Yisrael, Yahweh, Eloheinu, Yahweh, Akai. It says, hear, O Israel, our power. I don't use the word God. I don't like to use the word God. Our power, our source is Yahweh is one. But it's no, I messed it up. It says, "Here Israel, Yahweh, our Elohim, our power, Yahweh is one." It says, "And you." Now this, I forgot to tell y'all what it is. This is Deuteronomy six, six, uh, four, and I'm gonna go down to about verse six. It says, "And you are to love Yah your power with all of your heart and with all of your being." And with all of your resources, these which I am ordering you today, which is Moses was talking to the children of Israel at that time, you are to be um, are to be on your heart, and you are to teach them carefully to your children. See, even with these type of things, go into which how we're supposed to teach our children, and there's a lot more to this, but it's in things that we're supposed to teach our children. Like, but this is talking about the teach them that our most high power is one. Not all this Trinity stuff, but there's another whole level with that different different topic. But teach them as one. And you're supposed to love the most high power with all of your heart and with all of your soul and all of your resources. And it says, and, you know, this is the type of thing we're supposed to teach our children throughout our generations. It says when you are to talk about them when you sit at home, 
when you are traveling on the road, when you lie down, and when you wake up. See, these are the things that this is, this is our number one affirmation. We're supposed to keep the most high on our mind. And things that we do, I remember in Islam, when I was in the school of Islam, uh, one of the imams at that time said, we have to always stay, as they said, God conscious. Be always God conscious. So even if the fact, say, if I was doing something, not thought about like I'm going to do something wrong, and I still do that today. I still remember there's lessons. I, I don't throw away no lessons. I don't give a damn if I'm in this school of thought or not. I remember I mm-hmm. always be God conscious. Something that's like, hey, 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 Ari, I don't do that. You better not do that, bro. You know, hey, the most high, you know, I, and I know somebody, hey, he's spooked out. I, you can call me spooked out or not. I ain't. I, I bet you I'm not going to go out here and do nothing I'm supposed to do. If a thought that came about, damn, bro, you ain't got no money in your pocket, bro. If I was you, I'd steal that old lady purse. Thought be like, mm-mm, you better not. You got to think about what the most I said. But I think about what the most I said. It's not right. You doubt you're not supposed to steal. I'm be, say, be saying like, my aunt, I have not stolen this day up, most I. See, I was, so y'all thinking, well, he spooked out. But I didn't rob nobody. I didn't take nothing from nobody. So you call me spooked out, and I believe I hadn't done wrong to anybody on this day. So, yeah. So I, I, a lot of things I do to keep me, I be always God conscious, as they say, the most high conscious. So a lot of the things I'm saying, brothers, is y'all look at a lot of how these children and how they're being raised. That's the thing about it. Again, the whole fact of the matter is we talk about these children and what they're doing, but we got to take a close examination is, how are these children being raised? That's, that's the key. That is the key. How are these children being raised? I told y'all, man, I ain't gonna lie. I went to church when I was young. My mother and dad, my, my father and him and his brother, they had a gospel group. They had a gospel group. So we was going to different churches all the time. I was going to Sunday school. Hell, got baptized and all of that stuff when I was young. But I never was, but check this out, y'all. But I never was taught the Bible. Out of all that going to church, this, that, and other, I didn't go to no Sunday school or nothing like that, as they say. But I never was taught the Bible. I never was taught anything about, I'm being honest. If I sit and tell my mama today, mama, you know what? You never taught me nothing about the Bible. You ain't never tell me about the, about the most high or nothing. I sit there, my dad and him have a rehearsal, you know, getting ready to rehearse for uh, another, you know, a church service and I hear about them singing, but Hell, I didn't. I wasn't taught nothing about the Bible till I got grown. And the reason I started getting into the Bible, y'all know what? Because I was bored in jail. I needed something to read, and I needed something to read, and that's how I got into it. But a lot of our children, and we're going to let's just get in. We got nine minutes. But how are we raising these children, or how are these children being raised? These, these children that we're seeing that doing what they're doing. We got to do something have preventions and there's a lot of brothers i see brothers like the brother uh king randall who's doing a great job there are some other brothers that have some some and ancestors we're not gonna leave us that have programs they're trying to be outreach to these children to these children and trying to save them we got to do some brothers we we got to do some fam these are our children Let's not give them so easily over to the goddamn system. And then once the system, we add, we get a law in the place, and they start snatching them up. And some of them they gonna just they'll just snatch up randomly, and put charges on them, and throw them in jail for life. And then we're gonna be crying like a motherfucker, like we were talking about this crime bill with Joe Biden, nineteen ninety four. Then we be crying and shit, talking about they doing our children wrong. But then again, we ask for it. 
See what they tell y'all? Be careful. They always tell you, be careful what you ask for. Be very careful what you ask for. Because once they put that motherfucker in play, don't get mad at them because you asked for it. Instead of we trying to do what we have to do to raise our children, police our community, and do what we need to do, don't get mad now. That's all I'm going to tell you. Don't get mad. We got seven minutes, Judge. You can take well, a lot out. I'll, so I'll say me. that in our society right now that because of the technology and everything, the children are constantly looking out into their phones and on social media with each other. They're coming together, organizing different things. They're doing things that are mischief, and they know that they're juveniles. They know that the penalties aren't that harsh. And so if we want to do something to make a change, we got to let our children know that you're going to be young adults soon and that you should start to act like young adults now because when you become an adult, you're going to be held fully accountable for all of your actions. So why not now? start being held accountable for your actions because you're not going to be 10 forever. You're not going to be a teenager forever. You're going to be an adult when they say at 18 you're treated as an adult and you go out and start working and earning a living for yourself. So you want the playing field to be even. When you go out and start earning a living, you don't want somebody around your age to come up and rob you or steal your car, or shoot and kill you when you're coming home from work, or you trying to go to college and you on your way and somebody take your car from you and they only 17 or 18 or 15. So we got to let them children know that if you do these type of crimes, you're going to pay the harshest penalty for, for these crimes, whether it's killing somebody or carjacking somebody and taking their livelihood away from them. You should pay the harshest penalty for those crimes, and that's what I think. And, and, and our younger people, I don't know if y'all really listen to this, yo, but here's something. Y'all got a choice. I got a choice. Like I said, like uh, y'all don't probably know that. Y'all are too young with that. That was a black sheet. The choice is yours, but you got a choice, brothers and sisters. You can either listen to a brother like me when I'm trying to help y'all and tell y'all and warn you, you got to straighten your life out. Got to straighten your life out. Nobody said y'all can't have fun in life. There are plenty of things you can do to have fun. But all this other stuff y'all doing, this ain't, this ain't fun. Now, so you got you to choose to listen to a brother like me who's willing to try to help you, give y'all advice to trying to help save you. Or, or you can listen to justice, and I mess with justice, but you can let justice and brothers and sisters who thinking like what he's saying, you keep on doing what you're doing, and they will lock y'all lit behinds up for life. You can listen to brothers like me just trying to help y'all warn you right now about your deeds until you got to stop it. You got to change your ways. It's like the Bible says, you got to change your wicked ways or else, or else. Brothers like Justice Dem. They got some waiting on y'all. They got some waiting on you. The choice is yours. So this day, like the Bible says again, this day, which one will you choose? This day, the choice is yours. 
We can't make you do it. The choice is yours. You either straighten your life up or spend the rest of your life in prison as they're proposing. It's yours. That's it. That's all we can do. All right, family, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. We're uh, we going to get ready to get out of here. I got to go watch Penny Hardaway in the Tigers, y'all. I got to watch <laughs> basketball, y'all. Now, I just really just got into basketball, and, and, and since uh, Holloway took back over as the coach for the University of Memphis, man, it's trying to show my support. You know, I got to relax sometimes. I have my outlet because I be doing all this studying and rest. So I got to get an outlet, man. Yeah. And you read a lot of things. You got damn brain go crazy. So that's my little outlet. That's my fun. See, y'all, I be in the house. I don't hang out in the street. So this is where I have fun, man. Studying, young folks, studying and researching, that's my fun. I could be reading and, and, and studying sometimes, get to laugh, and I be having a ball. So I ain't got to be out in the street, you know what I'm saying, partying, drinking, and all that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. They can have that. They can have that. I don't want that. I found the new outlet. So, you know, so brothers and sisters, don't think we're young brothers and sisters. We're trying to beat up on you. We're, you know, no, we're trying to help save you. Some of us have been down that road, and that road wasn't a good road. It was a bumpy, raggedy, toe-up-down road. We're trying to do something to help save you. That's all we're trying to do. You are young brothers. You are young sisters. We want to help save you. We want you to grow up to be young, productive uh, people in our society to help our community. Cause hell, some of us getting old. Y'all might have to help old Wari across the street or someone these days. Push your old wheelchair. I hope I don't be in there, but help me. You know, if I do, help old brother y'all in the wheelchair someone day. Hey, I remember you. You the dude from Culture Freedom. Yeah, that's all. So yeah, I appreciate you for what you did. Cause it's the same way I do now. I, pre- I see some of my elders, y'all, right now. And they hadn't, I had never seen them before in my life. But you know what I tell some of my elders sometimes? Hey, I thank you, elder. For what? I, I, just for you paving the way for us. For all you went through, I thank you. I really do appreciate you. And he's like, oh, okay. I, hey, I. And, and they, they love to hear that. They have went through something. All right, sisters and brothers, we gone, we gone, we gone. So thank y'all again, again, brothers and sisters. And don't forget, you can follow us right there on Facebook, again, on both social media outlets such as Twitter and Facebook, man. Come on over and follow us right there. You, you want to send us a message or something like that, hey, you can do so on those devices. We see y'all again on next Thursday. Well, probably, probably throw up some stuff. I'm going to try to start throwing up some things again more than just here. all of you put up some stuff uh, again, maybe like – Sunday or Monday, come out with more than just that. Uh, I know Brother Justice, you know, he has to, you know, take care of some business. Uh, you know, he got to provide for himself, too. Working man, working man. Hey, y'all, work work ain't hurting nobody. Hey, you, like, you ain't going to jail for going to work. <laughs> you ain't going to jail for going to work. <laughs> Unless you working and then don't pay your taxes. That, that's another damn story. <laughs> but uh, that's right. we, we thank y'all, brothers and sisters. We all right, all right, Yasha, I'll, uh, Uncle Drew, have a good night. I'll get you. You don't want that smoke? Yes, sir. All right, family. <laughs> appreciate y'all, man. Peace, peace, peace. Thanks for the topic, brother Just Appreciate that, y'all. <laughs> I'll get you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.